following is a production of the Lance J Radio Network and Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. The opinions and views expressed are certainly those of the host and do not represent the views of Lance J Radio Network or NBC Sports Radio. What's going on, everybody? It is another week. It is officially fall on the East Coast. The weather is no longer feeling like summer. Got people running around with colds and allergies all over the place. If if I may quote a good friend of mine, uh, Mr. Marshall Harris, it's hoodie season. I had to break the hoodies out. I I don't like hoodie season. You know, I like polo weather. Give me a give me a fresh polo, you know, little little t shirt or something. I, I, mean, I agree, but sundresses that got put last away. Week, though why I do love this time of year. You oh, got, I understand. You Look, got everything, all your sports in full swing. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, but you can't watch them with girls in sundresses. No, you can watch them with girls on the couch, indoors. I mean, yeah, but uh, all right. I mean, point taken. Point taken. Point <laughs> there taken, you go. Point taken. There's a reason it's cuffing season. That is true. Well, see, here's the thing. All right. Because we talked about this when we started the show last you know, last week. Because, you know, you, you and I are, are both people who are spoken for. Mm-hmm. I mean, that hasn't changed since last week, has it? No. Okay, you still good? I'm still good. Okay. As far right. as I know. All right. Well, look, you know, <laughs> I'm just saying, like, because, you know, it's, it's you know, once you, you, you've taken that step, you know, it's always cuffing season. You know, because you well, you, pretty much you cuffed. You know, that, yeah. that's that's just it. But so all, all I'm, you know, all I can do is look. You know, and usually, and it's just out like the peripheral, out the corner of my eye, because I ain't trying to spend no time on the couch. I like, you know, I like my bed. But nonetheless, the point is, you know, all the summer clothes and getting put away, short sleeves, shirts, ladies in the sundresses, the sundresses is gone, sandals is gone. It's the winter, you know, winter boots, the leather boots, the, the Uggs. Yeah. yeah. I hate Uggs. Yeah. I'm sorry. I I, I understand. Like, I, I respect the, I respect women who like the Uggs because they're sure comfortable. they're warm and comfortable. Yeah, yeah, I bet they are. But no, ain't nothing sexy about Uggs, man. For real. Especially the, the, the really big furry ones. <laughs> Look like you got a couple Sasquatches on your feet. <laughs> No, I don't. No. Oh man, but it, I mean, but with nonetheless, this, it, I we mean, got, we got football going. Now that is true. NBA that, preseason is officially underway. Hey man, I've seen I, some I, interesting I, things in the NBA preseason. Look, I seen what, something. What I, I saw that? something more than interesting. Oh, yeah. I'm probably got. I, I think last week, this, well, this week. I probably got as hyped as I could possibly get over a preseason basketball game against a team I can't even pronounce. All right, well, you know, we're going to get back to that. Oh, we're going to get back we're to that. But I'm just saying, that. you know, we, we talked last week about the excitement over preseason basketball, and I felt like every everything that makes preseason basketball I have now seen, mm. like, in a week. Absolutely. The NBA – I said it last week. I'll say it again. In my opinion, is poised to have the most exciting regular season it's had mm-hmm. probably in 24, 25 years. Okay. I believe you. And I th- think that solely because there is – it's not 
one or two teams that you think have a chance to win. If you go through the league right now, mm. you could legitimately name probably five or six teams that yeah. have a chance, that you would say have a chance to win it all. Yes. And then a whole lot more that will make it interesting along the way. Yeah. So this is going to be a fun basketball season. Fun basketball season, yes. I agree. So you don't want to start with – you don't want to get into warm weather. You don't want to get too, you know, too deep into that. You don't want to go to basketball. So I know you want to start with some football. The, the NFL is king. Yes. I say it every week, yes. and we're going to pay due respect to All the right. king. All right, now before we get into that, it's not just it's, it's not just you and me. It's not just Jonesy and Brown this week. Mm-hmm. I had to call in some backup. Because look, when when you see when you come in and you hang out with us, I have four microphones. Mm-hmm. And usually when we do this show, two of them just not just don't get used. It's just you and I talking into two microphones and you know, and I'll punch up a couple things on the laptop or something and we'll record it and make a show out of it. But I had to call my man in. Had to call my man fifty grand. I used to host me and this man used to host uh Best in the World Sports Report together. He is editor in chief and the founder of Totalsportslive.com. He's a good friend of the show. We've had him on. Have we had him on this show? It was the best in the world. We did. It was best we in the world. Okay. All yeah, right. Well, the best look. Of the world we well, look. He's hanging out with us now this week. We need it. Look. We need to get him on the show like more often. Like oh, we're not going to change. We're not going to change the name of the show. It's still going to be with, with with Mike Jones and John Brown. But you know we like we hey, could put Lord like a little. Marriott. Yeah. I mean, you can still come in and work for free. <laughs> w- would you be willing to do that? Yeah. Uh, see, that's there what we I'm talking go. about. Sounds like a play. Exactly. You know, offense, defense, and discourse with Mike Jones and John Brown and Joel and Javon Offer. <laughs> Put that in like real, like real, real small letters at the bottom. Oh, man. Hey, we'll figure something out. We'll figure something out. Javon Offer is here, ladies and gentlemen. What's good, my friend? I'm doing all right. Thanks for having me. Hey, look, man, let's just jump right into it. All right. Football, this- see, football season. And here's, this is something as a fan. Because that's what I do. That's my lane. As a fan, this brings a lot of joy to my heart. Dallas Cowboys is struggling. It's a, no, see, I got to stop you there. Did, oh, have, they not I, struggling? I, I have to stop you there. Okay. Dallas Cowboys have a 3-2 and two record. Yeah. That, that's a winning record. That is a winning record. They're tied for first place in their division yes. right now. Yes. They're averaging 20. Five twenty six points a game, somewhere in that range, yes. I believe. Yes. They beat three tank, three teams very soundly. Mm-hmm. They lost a game by two points. Yes. And they lost one game by ten points. Yes. Are they struggling? Yes. Two games in a two losses in a row is a struggle. Now, there's, I'm not trying to call the Dallas Cowboys. They're they're not the Miami Dolphins. They're not the Cleveland Browns, but two two losses in a row is a struggle. That's that to me. That's the definition of struggling. Well, they. I mean, they did lose to two very good teams. Yes, they lost to the New Orleans Saints, mm-hmm. who are many people's Super Bowl pick, mm-hmm. and they lost to the Green Bay Packers. Green who, Bay Packers, who just came off a loss at home to Philly, who had just lost two games in a row. The four and one Green Bay Packers. The four and one. Down to, understand. Lost one game. Yeah, one on one game on at home mm-hmm. on prime time. Yeah, 
But Aaron uh, Rodgers had never didn't Aaron wasn't Aaron Rodgers uh, undefeated in prime or on Thursday night before going into that game. My point was that it's still a four and one Green Bay team. They are a very good team. Mm-hmm. Their defense is much improved. They have some there's some weaknesses in their defense, mm-hmm. but they're much improved from what we have seen in previous years. And the offense got out the gate slow in Green Bay, but it's starting slowly to pick up the pace as mm-hmm. the year progresses. So we're not saying Dallas lost to two bottom feeders. No, 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 no. They lost to two teams you expect to see in January. Mm-hmm. So my question, and I'll throw it to Javon first. Okay. Because right. I, I, I think I know how John feels about this. <laughs> Dallas sucks. No, 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 no. <laughs> With, because, and, you know, the three teams they beat were bottom feeders, the Giants, the Washington Redskins, and the Miami Dolphins. Right. So – and that was the Giants pre-Daniel Jones. Yeah, like, there true. Was, there is less energy in that Giants locker room than there than there is even now. So, looking at the results, what we've seen from the Cowboys so far, are they the world beaters they look like in the first three weeks beating up bad teams? Are they a team that can't beat good teams? Or are we looking somewhere in the middle? I think through five games, I think they're in the middle. I think they're in the middle. Um, you look at the game he lost against the Giants, like you said, that was pre-Daniel Jones, and we've seen what Daniel Jones has done since he's been entrenched as a starter. A little bit of good, a little bit of bad. Still, they allow Saquon to go over, like go off for like 100 yards. Um, we saw last week against um, Green Bay, Aaron Jones goes off for 100 yards and like four touchdowns. This was the same Aaron Jones that got stopped by the Eagles mm-hmm. defense and was pretty much obsolete. So I think that right now you look at – you look at the Cowboys, their defense, a lot of people didn't think the defense was going to be a problem, but the defense is starting to show prob- holes. Like, they have problems in between the middle of that defensive line and linebacking court straight, but there's Aaron Jones should not be going off 100 yards after mm-hmm. getting shut down like that. And then offensively. Four touchdowns. That's, that's crazy. Yeah. And then you add in offensively, I mean, they Green Bay did what you supposed to do, make Dallas one-dimensional and force Dak Prescott to beat you and. They pretty much – and part of that also, I think, was play calling too. Dallas didn't really commit to the run and, like, continue to feed the ball. Even though they were down, you still got to show, like, all right, we still got to run the ball to Ezekiel. So I think they're in the middle right now. And I think if you're Dallas, you know, you're a little probably a little scared right now. I mean, if you lose to the Je- if you lose to the Jets on Sunday, then you probably got to press yeah. the panic button. At this <laughs> if you point. lose to the, if yeah. you lose to the Jets, that that puts an end to this. You, are they are yeah. is this a struggle? You're, like, you're officially just, struggling yeah. if yeah. you lose to the Jets. Yeah. There's no questions to be asked. Mm-hmm. So JB, let me ask you this. Thing. Okay, Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott. Did mm. he did he make a mistake not signing? what was reportedly somewhere in a $36 million range type of contract that was offered earlier? Or does he still have a chance to recoup this season, win that bet he made on himself, and get closer to that $40 million contract he's he reportedly wants? I don't think that's, uh, I don't think that's a call you can make now. Because, like, honestly, there's, there's ebbs and flows to the season. They won three games. You know, it was looking like Dak was – People talk about Dak like he's MVP. In the first three weeks, I sat here and said to you, yeah. and, th- and this is why I often preach patience in making evaluations on players, mm-hmm. is because I said, if this is who Dak Prescott is, 
he's extremely dangerous. Mm-hmm. But I we did keep in mind who they were playing. Their defenses they were on the field against were yeah. bad. Yeah. And most NFL quarterbacks can look great if you give them five seconds to stand in the pocket and pick apart your defense. Mm-hmm. And Dak Prescott was under almost literally no pressure through those first three weeks. Mm-hmm. So in that situation, he looked amazing. The next two weeks, it got a little different for him. He's not standing back there w- without being under any duress. Mm-hmm. And you start to see where some of those inadequacies that were mentioned prior to the start of this season start to pop back up a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, personally, I'm not sure. Like, I don't want to. I don't think Dak Prescott is a bad quarterback. No, no, no. I, I think he's a smart quarterback. Mm-hmm. I think he does a fairly good job of reading the field, reading defenses. I do think also he has issues issues when pressured or issues with accuracy trying to go downfield mm-hmm. beyond that 15, 15 to 20 to yard, yard range. Yeah. So, I think Dak. I don't. I, he, I think he's a guy you can win with. I, think I don't yeah. think he's a guy you can win with paying forty million dollars a year. I think. Well, honestly, I think you're you're going to you're going to go back and forth on this is, issue all season long. Mm-hmm. Comes out first three seasons, beats couple, beats three teams that really aren't that good. He's looking like you know he, he's the second coming. He, he's 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 Troy. You know he's the, the new Troy Aikman. Then he comes in, and then he looks like Quincy Carter the next two weeks against uh, New Orleans and Green Bay. But what I'm looking at is the next three games. You're at the Jets. Jets are horrible, mm-hmm. but their defense. But their defense is pretty. Solid. Their defense is solid. solid. They have some but you, but I think side. I think Dallas has a Dallas should not struggle with this Jets defense. Well, I think it depends on what what mm-hmm. Mike just said. If he, if Dak mm-hmm. gets under pressure and they and Leonard Williams shows up, then mm-hmm. but you're looking at the, you're looking at the Jets, mm-hmm. uh, home against the Eagles and then the Giants again. You could you could very well see you could they could feasibly go three and zero in these three games. Mm-hmm. It's a tall stretch, but if they do. You know, you say look at you say the Jets defense or Jets defense is better than advertised. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you come out, you beat the Jets. Mm-hmm. Now you're Philly's four been, and two. Now you're four and two. You come out, you beat Philly on prime time at, in, uh, Dallas. in Dallas. Now you're five. And now two. you're five and two. You got a bye week, and then you're at the road against the Giants, who aren't really that great. Again, yeah. that gets you to six and two. Six now and you're two. off to a six, very good yeah, start on your season. Once again, you're back on the. You know, people are going to be back on the Dak train again. Mm-hmm. He could, you know, that that's feasible. I honestly, I once again, I, I just don't think that this is going to be a uh, a decision that you can make, a, a call that you can make within the season. So, because you could, because honestly, as easily as I said, they could go three and zero. They could go zero and three. I don't see zero and three. I don't see zero yeah. and three either. Honestly, I think they come out of that stretch at worst two and one, yeah. putting them at five and three on the season. Yeah, two and the one. They beat, the, that, Gi- beat the, the Giants and Jets, losing yeah. the Eagles. The Eagles is the only game I see them really having a mm-hmm. legitimate chance to lose. It's just like I, I guess it seems like the trend has been now, even though the uh, the Cowboys swept the Eagles last year, but it seems like the trend has been over the last couple of years the road team comes out on top in those Eagles uh Cowboys series. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they uh I mean they're uh, they're home. You know, I, I say that cuz I I'm I'm thinking they're going they're going to Philly no, but they're they're home. 
But but not but nonetheless, mm-hmm. it's still it's any you know it's anybody's game. You yeah. know they they won they they beat Philly twice last year, mm-hmm. and yes, Daniel you know Daniel Jones has the has the Giants playing better than they were at the start of the season. Right. But at least with more than, energy. Yeah, yeah with more, energy. more energy. But then the question will then be better than what? You know? Definitely better than Eli. <laughs> yeah, better than but it was like how bad were they with Eli? You know. Right. You know, they they've gone from a crappy team to a horrible team. You know, <laughs> or or a horrible team to just a bad team. Yeah. So, you know, it, it it is what it is. Right. But but nonetheless, I'm just saying, you know, we we they came out three games, won three games. He looked mm-hmm. impressive. Two games less than impressive. Next three games, it could very well flip, and you're once again, mm-hmm. you know, at, like they should sign Dak now. I just think that in the end, he passed up that money to bet on himself for this season, and I think that's what you're going to need. That's the sample size. You're going to need 16 games to truly decide whether or not Dak Prescott is worth that money. And truth be told, looking at the Cowboys' schedule, it's some of those games in the second half of the year mm-hmm. where I think Dak Prescott really has a chance to earn or lose money. Right. You look at – I'm looking at week 10. You got Minnesota. That's a tough one. Week 11, Detroit. Yep. At Detroit. In- week 12, at New England. Week 13, Buffalo, whose defense is playing very well this mm-hmm. year. Week 14 at Chicago. We all know about their defense. Yep. Week 15, you got the Rams. Week 16 at Philly. And then week 17, Washington. But that's a stretch of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games Mm -hmm. against teams that are capable of beating them. Right. Not saying they're going to go 0 and 7. Right. But you have a seven game stretch from weeks 10 through week 16 Mm -hmm. where Dallas's schedule is. Very daunting to say the least. So that stretch, ten to sixteen, the second half of the season, I think that's where Dak earns or loses his money. This first half of the season, the schedule's nowhere near as difficult. Couple mm-hmm. tough games they played the Saints, they played Green Bay, mm-hmm. but you also play a few more of the league's bottom feeders at that stretch of the year, year right. as well. So to back to what John was saying, he thinks that's something that will take the entire year to make a decision. I agree, especially when looking at their schedule mm-hmm. and you see, yeah, those, those six, seven of the last eight mm-hmm. are against likely playoff teams or teams that are being the fight for the playoffs. Right. All talented teams, one, two, three, four of them on the road, mm-hmm. four out of set those seven games on the road. That's a very – the Eagles are going into the toughest stretch of their schedule – coming up this three game stretch they have on the road right. which looks to be tough for them. Dallas has a seven game stretch in the end of the year that's definitely going to be tough. So for me I'm still preaching patience in making a decision on Dak Prescott. Yeah, I, 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 in the end I think that this is a decision that you're going to make at the end of the year. And I think you have to be honest and to use your word you got to be objective. You know, even if Dallas struggles down the line, you got to look and see why are they struggling? Are they struggling because of Dak Prescott? Is it is Dak Prescott out here losing games mm-hmm. for the Dallas Cowboys? They come out struggling. You know, we've talked about the holes on their defense, and it looks like you know 
they might be soft in the middle. The interior yeah, D line. Mm-hmm. In, the interior of their D line. If that's what's losing them games, are you really going to take that out on Dak Prescott? But at the same token, if Dak Prescott's throwing interceptions like he did against Green Bay, then you're going to have a huge issue. And then not even looking on play on the field, just financial ramifications. Dallas still has to see what they're going to do with Amari Cooper. Mm-hmm. They still got to see what they're going to do with Byron Jones, mm-hmm. who's also up for a new deal, and then who, then whoever's up next season. So yeah, They have a lot of guys who are going to want top dollar. Money, right. mm-hmm. And this ain't Madden, so you nope. have to uh, – <laughs> <laughs> oh, you got to give you got to lose guys on Madden yeah, too. Yeah, but you can't give them the seven year deal and be like get the seven year fifteen million dollar deal and you know be happy. So they're gonna, like y'all said, it's gonna be a make or break in these last. Shout out to Madden twenty. They've made it more realistic. You yeah, can't do have. that. You can't do that anymore either. You can't give them a seven year deal. No, you give them that seven year deal, they want more money. Yes, they do. You can't. <laughs> you used to be able to give them that deal and take. Now I sound like a gamer, and I, and I am. Yeah. But you know. Yeah, Matt, Matt, Matt is actually a good way to learn football. Mm-hmm. For someone who's new to the game, you learn rosters, basics of how salary cap works. You want to learn the game, play Madden. I was never, I, I was like, I was a Madden player. I, you know, I, I loved playing Madden. Like, I was never a seasoned guy on Madden. Mm-hmm. I was more of a seasoned guy on college football. Oh yeah, uh, yeah I, yeah. I like the yeah, whole recruiting really. thing, and I, I mm-hmm. like that, like that better. Like, I would probably like back in the day when they both came out. But see, and, you had to I, do that and then take your draft yeah, classes right. and court them <laughs> Madden. So I knew who I was drafting. Cause see, I, my kids, cause I was always a Penn State guy. So my yeah. kids coming out of Penn State, I knew I'd been building them up for right. four years. <laughs> so he's lightning fast, and that running back's a hammer, and uh, quarterback, and then I'm making sure I, oh yeah, get all of them in the draft as much as possible. And so you just out there, you play what game? You you build your dudes all up, mm-hmm. and then go play man, and just draft all of them. Yeah, nah, I hear you. Now I, <laughs> I never had that type of patience. Like I'd build the dudes up, and once they graduate. <laughs> on to you the know, next class. On to the next class. That's all I'm doing. You know. God, I miss college football. On, oh on, man, on on Xbox, man. Thank you, Ed O'Bannon. Yeah, right. <laughs> Just ruined it, man. Ruined it. Back when, back when you thought Johnny Manziel was gonna be somebody, he was a beast on college football. Uh, yeah. Fifteen. Mm-hmm. All right. So we got. We're talking about the Dallas Cowboys. Your expectations from them. I will ask you this. Okay. Both of you guys, Philly guys, mm-hmm. how do you see this division shaking out? Th- the think- Eagles aren't perfect either this year. Oh, no, no, no. I think it's, it's going to shape – you're going to see more of the same. I think this is going to be Dal- – it's going to be Dallas and Philly all through through the year. And it's shaping up towards that game – that week 16 game is going to – is going to mean something. I think both – you're going to see both of those teams – uh, like, look, thanks for coming out, Giants and Redskins. Yeah. So it's going. It's Cowboys, Eagles. Whoever blinks first. It looked at um, th- two weeks ago. It looked like okay, Eagles might be in trouble. They were struggling. They lost a couple of games in a row. Dallas hadn't lost. Dallas has now come back to the pack a little bit. They What's going to happen? Row. Yeah, now same, they've lost same yeah. record. Yeah. So now, now they're in the same record. They're going back and forth. You know, it's like because just I mean, just just what you said, you know, as much as I want to be a fan and be like, oh, man, it's Eagles it's going to be all Eagles Look, looking honestly, you know, this game, uh, their game on, on the 20th. That could, you know, Dallas could win that game if they won that game. I wouldn't be shocked, you know, mm-hmm. 
It, w- it wouldn't surprise me. You, you shaking your head? You 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 think it's a different different I, result? I think they could. I think they could win that game easily. You think the you think the Eagles could win that game easily? Yeah, just because. I mean, we saw the last time they played in Dallas. Dallas should have blew them out, and that and that was like who they had at cornerback, Shandon Sullivan and Devontae Bosby, and like they somehow like <laughs> mm-hmm. Eagles somehow comes they come back, and I think that was the game where what Dallas Goddard got called for that pass interference, yeah, and, like wiped yep. that like, mm-hmm. and they, and they had that miracle catch uh, right. in and, uh, and that's overtime, the thing. and that's the thing if Douglas actually just doesn't like go for the ball and actually just let it come to him, that's an interception going the other way, so mm-hmm. it's a toss up. So you think it's a toss? What, what about you? I'm, I'm, the October 20th game, honestly, I think a big part of that game depends on Deshaun Jackson's health. Yep, I totally agree. If Deshaun Jackson is on the field and ready to go, I'd expect the Eagles to win that game. Mm-hmm. Win it handily or just win the game? Probably by 7-10. to 10. Yeah. Okay. If Deshaun is out, at that point, that game gets real interesting, and I could see it being a three-point game going either way. Kind of who makes the play late in the fourth quarter to to yeah. seal it, but I, I think I, Deshaun is a cute like the way Doug Peterson's offense works is mm-hmm. designed. It does not function without that deep threat, Correct. and I I think I in t- last season at 2018, losing Mike Wallace in Week One was far more detrimental to the Eagles season than anyone realizes. Mm-hmm. Because you see it the year before, Torrey Smith, although he wasn't the greatest receiver, he was good enough. He was a good deep that, threat. Mm-hmm. He, he was good enough. That, yeah. He commanded that respect exactly. from the secondary. Yeah. Exactly. And Carson Wentz does have the big arm who's capable of throwing it 60, 70 yards downfield. So you have to start keeping two safeties deep. And that changes a lot of things. And then you start to see the, the running game open up. You start mm-hmm. to see your t- middle of the field open up for your tight ends. And it's a completely different offense when you have that threat to make the defense stay off, stay honest in the defensive backfield. Now I know you don't, I know you weren't planning on spending a lot of time talking Eagles this week, but you look at their play calling, and it seems like their play calling has been a lot more even these last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Like, have have you noticed that? Do you and like, what do you attribute that to? And do you think because I think we've. In Philly, we've always thought of Doug as, you know, definitely an Andy disciple. And you know that in the past, Andy Reid has been known to be pass heavy. But that hasn't been the case this season. They've gotten back to pounding the ball. They've gotten back back to running the ball and splitting the load. And and that was something I said to you at the beginning of the year before the season started that I've noticed about Doug at least. I I think it's something I've seen. Is that Doug? As far as the run balance goes, Mm -hmm. Doug tends to that where Andy was. He's just looking to pass sixty percent of the time. Mm -hmm. Doug, in a lot of places, makes decisions more based on his personnel. Mm -hmm. The first year he was in Philly, you had Matthews as the running back, and you didn't. And some fumbles, some issues, run some injury issues, yeah, he and fumbled the ball, and he couldn't stay healthy. And you would see Andy, not Andy, excuse me, Doug, go away from the run a lot. Yeah. The following year, when you have a giant Blunt, the Eagles were the leading rushing offense in the league. Mm-hmm. The fo- the year after that, Sproles gets injured, a gets injured. And you don't have Blunt. Clement you don't have injured. Blunt. Clement gets injured, and you're seeing the pass a lot more. Mm-hmm. 
Now, this year you have a healthy running back room for the most part, and you have Howard, who's a little bit more physical runner, than, and Sanders, who's a little bit more of the change-up explosive back, and you're seeing Doug getting back to using the personnel that he's been given. So I, I have not seen uh, – of course, he does like to pass. Mm-hmm. Of course. But I of have course. not seen from Doug that he is the type who won't run or abandons the run. He just wants to have personnel he can trust. He's not the type who's just going to force feed the run. Yeah, and so given given what you've said, given what the, the point that you just made about Doug adjusting his playbook and adjusting his play calling to his personnel, do you think that's just – do you think he's going – this has been more about having two healthy running backs to run with or having a banged-up wide receiver room? Deshaun Jackson's been out for a couple of weeks. Alshon Jeffries has been banged up. Dallas Goddard was banged up for to an extent. Do you think that? Do you think that has played more of uh, played a role into it? I think it's some of both. Okay. One, as Doug gets more comfortable with the personnel, knowing how Sanders and Howard attack holes, what their strengths are, and also. Carson had go, going into adjusting to life without Deshaun after week one. Some of it's need. Some of it is just experience. Realizing, okay, I have these backs with this O-line that could, that could be a very effective if, if you deployed properly. And, and we're down our deep threat. So it's some, some of it, well, I think, was facilitated by need. The passing game was not going to be the same without Deshaun. But also – like I said, even in the Super Bowl year, when Doug has running backs that got the job done, he would run the ball. So I, I think it was some of both. Now, I know you got the clock in front of you, but I, I have the feeling we're due for a break. We, we've, been, we've been on this subject for a little while, so take a quick break and then get back. And we're going to talk a little more football, but a little bit of off the field stuff. A little bit of off the field stuff. All right, let's get into that. Let's take a real quick break. Just a reminder, you can hit us up on Twitter. We're on Twitter. That's it. O underscore D underscore discourse. Ain't nobody got time for Instagram. Even though I got, I have, I have a confession to make. Yo, Javon, I discovered Instagram dark this week. It's a game changer. Instagram dark is a, is a game changer. I, I, I love it. So what's different besides it's dark? That, that's it. Instagram dark is like Hennessy pure white. It's a game changer. Now now, now you're just blaspheming. (laughs) Henny pure white is is, is a a game changer. That's a game changer. That is a game changer. Mm -hmm. It is. It is. But nonetheless, we're not on Instagram, so it doesn't even matter. O underscore D underscore discourse. We'll be right back on offense, defense, discourse. That's Jonesy. I'm Brown. You feeling this podcast? To hear this and more, go to soundcloud.com slash B-I-T-W sports or on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and search Best in the World Sports. Rampage, the first lieutenant of the Universal Flipmode Squad. The construction Tims are classic in Philly they and are. New York. They are. Connecticut. James Lewis. I've never been to Connecticut, man. Connecticut, Jersey, you definitely from Uptown, New York. You definitely from New York if you shout it out Connecticut. You are listening to the Lance J Radio Network. 
When you need to be caught up on all that's going on in the sports world, tune into the Best in the World Sports Report with all-knowing John Brown each and every Saturday morning, starting at 8 a.m. here on the Philly Go Flow at phillygoflow.com. Most of my family, they never graduated high school, so I'm trying to break that barrier. My daughter, Brooklyn, was also a motivation for me to go back to school. Every day after work, went straight to school, and it paid off. At age 26, Kareem finished his high school diploma. I could not have done it alone. I see the future is really bright for me. No one gets a diploma alone. If you're thinking of finishing your high school diploma, you have help. Find free adult education classes near you at finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by the Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council. The following is a production of the Lance J Radio Network and Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. The opinions and views expressed are strictly those of the host and do not represent the views of Lance J Radio Network or NBC Sports Radio. All right, everybody, we're back. Thanks for hanging out. Got Javon Alford in the in studio with us today. Mike Jones, John Brown. We gotta put this dude to work. Oh man, let's get to it. So now, see, here's the thing. Eagles fan, born and raised. Yes. There's there's some good things that come with being an Eagles fan. There are a lot of good things that come with being an Eagles fan. There are also some bad things that come with being an Eagles fan. Namely, the reputation. That might be the worst thing that comes with being an Eagles true. fan. You're, you're, you're essentially known as a classless hooligan, known to be pretty, pretty neolithic. You're yeah. a Neanderthal. Like all, all those dudes do is drink beer. And, and be violent, accost people and... And beat up basketball players. Yeah, yeah. Try to fight basketball players. Try, try, try and fight pro basketball players. Yeah. You know. Throwing snowballs and booing people, throwing batteries. These are all the stories you hear about Philly fans. Yes, yes. yes. You know, they, there's, there's definitely a handbook as to how to bash Philly fans. Mm-hmm. And you know, you can always tell the sports talk personalities who, who dig into that handbook and get their information from that handbook and not like real life. It's always some old guy talking about, oh, well, you guys booed Santa Claus back in, <laughs> in the 50s. <laughs> you know, oh, you guys do batteries at Scott Rowland. It's like, who is Scott Rowland? Some guy, you know, don't even know who Scott Rowland is. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, you, you, that's that's where you are. Let's see. This is the, thing, the thing that gets me, though, mm-hmm. is that Philly has this reputation. Philly fans have this reputation nationally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. However, Philly fans are not, I repeat, are not the only fan base. And in many cases, they're not, not the worst close. fan base not even close. in this regard. Not even close. In this day and age where there's YouTube and all types of social media, you can find video. What was it, a Raiders game a few years ago where somebody got atta- brutally attacked in the parking yeah. lot or something? Somebody got killed. You know, like you, you can find rowdy, obnoxious, violent fans at any sporting event. All you have to do now, all, all you, it's at a click of your fingertips. Mm-hmm. So it's like for people to hold on to that, oh, Philly fans are the worst. Philly fans are the worst. You know, it's like you're not, you're not trying. But see, here's the thing. Mm-hmm. Of all these fan bases we're talking about, yes. the, the goons and the thugs and all that, mm-hmm. that's not the worst type of fan base to me. Okay, what's the worst? 
How, how can I say this tactfully? You don't need to. It's your show. The whiny brats. Oh, yeah. The the babies. Mm. The, the, the sensitive, emotional. I'm going to cry. I'm going to come into your city and poke the bear. My tail gets it, my team gets its tail handed to them, mm-hmm. and then I'm going to cry about how mean you were. Oh, boy, I think you're going somewhere with this. Now, now imagine this. Mm-hmm. We just talked about Philly's reputation, right? So imagine if I were to walk into Philadelphia, me and my peeps. First of all, do you call your friends your peeps? No. Uh, I was about to say, if you ever do, like, look, I, I consider you my friend. Now, we, I, I will admit, we don't <laughs> hang out that often. We we don't we we you know you, and usually when we when you and I hang out it's usually business related, you know. Mm-hmm. Javon too. Javon's here too. I've hung out with Javon once, like outside of somewhere where there was a microphone in front of us, and we had a good <laughs> I had a good time. Man. Yes. Yeah. We hope, you know tell t- tell your people we need to do that again. All right. It's been in, it's been in discussions. Okay, but you know uh, the point I'm making is like like. Don't ever call me your peeps. <laughs> if if I'm in your entourage, if I'm in your crew, whatever, said, you roll somewhere. If you ever, that <laughs> might be worse. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Saying me and my entourage rolled up sounds a little worse than if me and my I, peeps I, rolled I, up. I disagree with that. Yeah. Look, I, I I disagree. You know, I would rather be part of the Mike Jones entourage than be one of Mike Jones's peeps. So you'd rather be turtle than appear. Right. Now, I, Look, I say all that, <laughs> all right. say, but but nonetheless, but, no, but, but nonetheless. But my, my my point is this yeah. though: imagine I come into your city, me and my peeps, walking up to walk up to oh, your spit walk up to your art museum, my art museum. Walk up to your art museum. Okay. And I, I just t- got one laying around. You got you you have an art museum laying around yeah. right downtown. You just yeah, yeah the JB Art I, Museum. <laughs> Right okay. in the middle of JBville. All right. All right. You in JBville. Mm-hmm. Mike Jones comes to JBville. All right. And I put a Mike Jones jersey on the JB statue. Whoa, that's that's pretty disrespectful. Like that that's what I did. That's that's gonna get you and your peeps beat down, man. I'm standing on the stairs of your art museum yelling, Who? Mike Jones. Who? That's, that's Mike Jones. That's mighty disrespectful. Uh, while 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 I am defiling the JB statue, yeah. now you. This now, is what I did. That's what you did. Now you know me, and, and and I know your reputation. You know my reputation, and you know what I like. You know what I, I know what you're about. What am I about? You know, I you want that smoke. I want the smoke. So, so I, if you came, so if you came to JBville, I came to JBville. You in JBville? You at the JB Museum of Art mm-hmm. with all that good JB art. And I, I got you know, the, I got a big crowd chanting Mike Jones, Mike Jones in the JB. with a Mike Jones jersey on the JB statue. You know what you know what you and the you know what you and the Jonesy peeps are gonna get. I can't cry when after I get my butt kicked in the game mm-hmm. that I have to hear it from the from your people, no, from no, from your no, citizens. No, you won't. I asked smoke. for it. You won't take that smoke. So when I go home crying about. Oh, all the people in JBville were so rude. They gave me they, the smoke. They, they they made me want to cry. They hurt my feelings and called me names. I I didn't even do anything to ask for it. Why? Like that makes no sense to me. But this is what we have 
Well, see, I wasn't talking Eagles football this week. I wanted to talk about this okay. because the Eagles are going to Minnesota this week, mm-hmm. and all I keep hearing out of Minnesota Minnesota is this, oh, we have to get them back. We have to get revenge. They treated us so badly. Their fans were this and their mm-hmm. fans were that. Get over it. Yep. You, you, you want to know how I fix that? Tell your team not to get their tails kicked 38 to 7, and then we have nothing to say to you when you're leaving town. You came here, you planted your flag, you talked junk, and you won. What are we going to say? Nothing. Good game. Y'all did it. Mm-hmm. Go. Uh, we hope you beat the Patriots because we hate the Patriots. Mm-hmm. But you come here and you do that and you get your butts kicked. Now you want to cry about it? Now, you, you know this fan base. You know that the Philadelphia fan base is a fan base that travels well. Oh, absolutely. You see green everywhere. You see green, especially when the Eagles are taking – are taking on teams that don't have a fan base as strong as ours. Mm-hmm. You go to a city where the, the team is struggling or the fan base is weak, so there's going to be tickets available. You're going to see a lot of Eagles fans there. You go to Washington, D.C., you're going to see a whole bunch of Eagles fans. Go to Atlanta. Go to Atlanta. Yeah, to just yeah you go to Atlanta. You're going to see Eagles fans. You go to Miami. There's going to be Eagles fans. You go to Go to a Rams game. Go to a Rams game. (laughs) Go to Cincinnati. You know, teams like that. Like, you're not going to – like, this is not going to happen necessarily at Giant Stadium. You know, it's not going to happen – it's definitely not going to happen in Foxborough. No. It's not going to happen in Pittsburgh. Mm. Probably not going to happen in Baltimore. No. Probably not going to happen in Carolina. You know, New Orleans. You know, cities like that that have strong fan bases. Mm-hmm. But if you have a weak fan base, Philly is going Philly is that type of fan base that's gonna take over. over. But it's not but but I say all that to say is that does not necessarily that does not necessarily transcend transcend to wins. Like like there's been times when there's been a lot of Philly fans taking over a, a city and the Eagles went out and lost. Falcons game. Yeah, Fal- Fal- okay. Case in point. Perfect Falcons game. game. How many Eagles fans were complaining about how the Falcons treated them that week? How many stories did you hear about Eagles fans? I haven't heard any of it. Exactly. That's what I'm talking about. So it's like, yeah, the Eagles Eagles fans might take over the city, but we might still take an L. It might happen. I will go as far as to say that I have literally never heard an Eagles fan travel to any city, win or lose, and come back and complain and about, about oh, the city. fans were rude. Like, and, and no matter what city, what happens, what the game, and, the, and some of these cities are get some of the other rowdy fan bases yeah. we talked about. Yeah, and here's the thing. But the thing is, that you know that. You know that. So I'm sure there were a couple of Eagles fans that traveled to Green Bay, and you know what you're going to get with Green Bay fans. You know what Packer fans are like. You know what the Cheeseheads are like. Nobody's coming back and saying, oh, man, the Cheeseheads were intense. They were out there making fun of us. The Cheese, oh, uh, uh, you know, it's whatever. You know, a couple years ago, Eagles play Oakland. That's the black hole. Yeah. Nobody's coming back talking about, oh, man, those Oakland fans. Oh, they're so reckless. They're, they're, they're well, I, so mean, cr- I, mean, exactly. they, I mean, they couldn't say anything that game anyway. But you know. I mean, but, <laughs> I mean, but, but, but nonetheless, yeah, but yeah. I mean, there, there have been times when the Eagles, I mean, within the last 10 years, the Eagles traveled to Oakland and took an L. Yeah. You know, and it's like, but nonetheless. You don't hear no, like you yeah, said, nobody, nobody's crying. complaining. No, you know, you're not whining about You complain about, about what your team did on the field. Right. <laughs> when you, it's like, here's the thing. When you, when you, when you, you got to prepare your fan base. Minnesota fans weren't ready. No. They weren't ready. 
You know what it's like? Wait, you, you, y'all came to Philly thinking Philly fans was sweet. And that's not what happened. No. Y'all got a rude awakening. But that's the thing. How do you come to Philly and think Philly fans are sweet? Because you're not ready. But you know the reputation. You, do you, but, our, right. but our fan base is worse in real life or on social media. It's definitely worse on social, social media. Yeah, it's worse on social yeah. media. But, but that but that's my point. If you're see if when you're getting ready to come to Philly, right. what you're seeing is social media. That's what you're so you should be prepared for the worst. Right. Like oh, what yeah, you got pick, in person. I'm gonna go defile the rocket statue <laughs> on, on game the, the, yeah, the game. Like, the game like game you see like, that and then think I'm gonna think go put a Viking jersey on the Rocky right. statue. How did you that's a good that idea. That was gonna turn out. I mean, and, then, and then do the skull chant in front of yeah. the there are, people, there are people who there are people now, right or wrong, who feel like Philly the city of Philadelphia, the Philadelphia fan base just has a truly illogical, unnatural affection for Rocky. Like, the character Rocky. Right. They feel like Philly fans put Rocky right up there with Wilt. Like, when a Philly fan talks about their top four, like, who's on the Philly Mount Rushmore sports? It's going to be uh, AI, Wilt, Wilt, Wilt. Re- Reggie White, right. and Rocky. And it's like... <laughs> So you know how much people love Rocky in this city, and probably a whole lot more than they should. Mm-hmm. And yes. maybe you know. So none of like, that's who you going to file. How did you think that was going to turn out? That's just not smart. That's not good business. Not good. That's not, not good, good money. Not good karma either. And, and that's my point. Mm-hmm. Like this is why I think that's the worst kind of fan base. That's like. I, I can't even think of an analogy for this. This is just bad. It's like it's not smart. Honest, it, it's like now. And I understand because the two of y'all, two two of y'all aren't parents. Every now and then, when, when you become a parent, you want to have this conversation with your kids. It's a conversation, and it always circles around common sense because for some reason, when you a kid, you just don't have any, and that frustrates you. So when you're sitting there and your kid is in a situation and you realize that your kid is in that situation because he has no common sense, you know, you have to spell this out for them. So it's like, that's what I, that's how I feel I am with Minnesota fans, with Vikings fans. Vikings fans, y'all decide, y'all thought this, this is what y'all thought. Y'all sat on that plane all the way from Minnesota to Philly and y'all thought this was going, this was a good idea and nobody on that plane was like, you know what, I'm good. Right. We're gonna go. We're gonna. I'm just check gonna out stay in game. my hotel room. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get, 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 get breakfast. Go watch the game. game. I'm, I'm gonna go see a and city. I'm gonna leave quietly. Maybe get me a cheese steak or something. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll even run the steps, take a picture with the statue. Because Philadelphia take some is a, pictures yeah, of Boathouse yeah, Row or something right. like. Yeah, yeah. Take in the sights. You know what I mean? Maybe see where you know. Go visit the Liberty Bell. Yeah. Independence Hall. Nah, no, you know. That, nobody said that. They were like, no, you know what we're going to do? We're going to sit up there on they steps. How, imagine if we had lost that game. Imagine what would have happened to them Minnesota fans had we lost 38-7. to But that's the thing. If we had lost that game, we'd actually probably have been too busy being mad at the Eagles right. to be mad at exactly. them. No, exactly. I, I, I would have equal opportunity anger. Uh, <laughs> I, but, nah. you, you, but honestly, like the majority of Philly fans you know, 
they're going to be looking to take their anger out on the team. Right. Yeah, well, uh, there would have been pl- plenty of anger. Coach, like, the quarterback. The, mm-hmm. the, hey, Carson's lot. hurt. Doug Peterson proves that he's just like Andy losing in the conference championship game. You know, that, uh, yeah, we would have been a lot of that going on. Mm-hmm. But nonetheless, the, the Vikings fans would have we'd have been mad at them, but they'd have been pretty far down on the concern list. I I'd, have, I'd have had some smoke for some Vikings fans. <laughs> Probably, but you always got smoke for somebody. Yeah, well, look, that's just your thing. I gotta give it to him. But this is coming from the same person that did not believe in Nick Foles the entire playoffs. That is true. Oh, I, I know. That is true. That is true. Once again, too many receipts to deny that. <laughs> <laughs> I say that to people now, man. There's way too many receipts out there. I've done way too many podcasts <laughs> where I've criticized Nick Foles. There's video, there's audio, there's pictures of me saying. Pictures. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there, there's everything. Big signs. I don't believe in Nick Foles. And see, that that run was when we started working together, and you'll remember. Yes, I was always a fan of Nick Foles. You were, you Be- were. But you know, I also like to be right. So <laughs> <laughs> I like to be right too. I have no problem. I've done this too long to to run away from being wrong. Oh, it happens. True. It happens to all of us. I was wrong about Nick Foles. I can admit it. Still don't necessarily like him, but I was wrong about him. No, never. <laughs> no. We're not even gonna go down that no, rabbit hole today. No, because well, I feel like, uh, well, not because I'm, I'm not trying to go down that road either. What I'm saying is, <laughs> but I can't, I can't slander, dude. You know, I'm not gonna come out here. You know, I'm, I'm not offering Nick, but I'm, but I feel like I'm not gonna sit out here and just do the the, the total 180. Now I'm, you know, president of the fan club. I'm just saying, hey man, he won. I can't. Can't knock him. He did his thing. And, and I think my fa- my stance on a guy like Nick Foles was consistent. He's good enough to win with. Mm-hmm. Carson Wentz is better. Exactly. But if you put a good enough, and we've seen this with multiple guys throughout the NFL over the years. You from, put a good enough team you around You put, put a good enough team around a guy who's smart enough not to make the mistakes. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And can make just enough of the throws. Mm-hmm. You'll win. Okay. And when they okay. and when they're rolling, they're rolling. Exactly. He was okay. rolling. You remember Joe Flacco in that championship run? Yep. Nine touchdowns, no interceptions. Mm-hmm. He was rolling. Yep. But when the team wasn't quite the same, with no and Ray Lewis, no Ed Reed, when you needed Joe Ray Flacco Rice to fell go off. out there and win games, when, mm-hmm. when, when you that, need, that's not who he was. When you needed him to win games consistently, that's not who yeah, he was. That's not who he was. But you. But Agreed. you put a good team out there. He can go out there and play with a good team, mm-hmm. and the team can win games. Right. And he'll be part of it. Agreed. It's not like he wasn't part of it. He w- Joe Flacco in that run was not Peyton Manning in the last Denver run. Mm-hmm. That that run kind of felt like Peyton's smart enough not to throw a pick. Mm-hmm. Just don't blow it. Right. Joe Flacco was actually out there making good throws, mm-hmm. driving the ball downfield. It just – he's – He's not Aaron Rodgers. He's not Patrick Mahomes. He's not the superstar, put the team on his back guy. But he is good enough to win with. He is good enough yeah. to win with. And, and Baltimore has a good fan base, which is something that you that can't say. You mm-hmm. can't say about the Minnesota Vikings fans. That's very, actually very true. Would you Now, I would say this. I'll, I'll ask you this. Are Vikings fans the fan equivalent of the Atlanta Falcons deal? No. No. And just for people who don't know. Atlanta Falcons are frauds. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Say it again. The Atlanta Falcons are frauds. That being said, though, Mm -hmm. because you know, to be, in my opinion, to be a fraud, Mm -hmm. you actually have to at least display enough 
to make people believe you're good, even though you're really not. Mm-hmm. The Falcons are quickly trending away from that direction and quickly towards just being flat out bad. Yeah, yeah. they're just, they're on their way to just they can't be good enough. Like the Browns are frauds right now. Oh yeah, yeah. I now that's something. Once again, we're going to something I, I I've said because we talked about where the Browns ready to turn that corner, and I said uh, at some point in time, Browns going brown. That's just what they do. Mm-hmm. And it, it's starting to look like the Browns are browning right now. Mm-hmm. That's just who they are. Now, let's see. Here's the thing. And a lot of these teams have similar things in common. These teams that I call, I call quote-unquote frauds. Mm-hmm. You have a lot of skill. You have a decent quarterback to a good quarterback. Mm-hmm. A lot of talented skill positions on the outside. But you also have a questionable O-line. And a fast, lightweight D line. Yep. If you a fast, lightweight D, like sure, it works when you have a lead and you can just chase the quarterback. Mm-hmm. But when you're playing good teams and you don't have a lead that lets you do that, right. they're just gonna run it down your throat all game long. And you have don't have the hand. Like remember the old Indianapolis Colts formula with when they had Robert Mathis and Dwight Freeney on the edges on mm-hmm. defense, and they get a lead and just go after the quarterback. Yep. But the New England Patriots would always just slow the game down yeah. and run with Corey Dillon or whatever back they had at the time and just beat them up and out-physical them. Mm-hmm. They actually changed the pass interference rules because of the way Ty Law used to cover Marvin Harrison. They, they would just out-physical them. Right. And that's basically how I see the Atlanta Falcons being built. built. But Matt Ryan isn't Peyton Manning. No. Baker Mayfield, the Cleveland Browns, similar thing. Their offense is offensive line is leaky. Right. Their defense is it got, has some it talent. Got names. They have some talent, some names, but it hasn't come together. Right. And you got all these skill positions on the outside. Like, what are we doing? Okay, but if my D line hits your O line in the mouth, I don't care what kind of talent you have on the outside. The right. ball never got to him. Mm-hmm. You can't build a football team from the outside in. Nope. Talent on the outside is nice, but you take care of your lines, the core of your team first. Look at the Patriots, look at the Eagles, look at the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. They consistently built inside out. and Those are the teams that have consistent seen, success. We've seen the Patriots, they don't even have, over the years, we've seen them not even have talent on the outside. Exactly. And they just make it work. <laughs> like Bill mm-hmm. Belichick rolls out five different running backs and just say, all right, Sony Michelle, you can go in. James White, you can go in. Brandon Bolton, you can go in. Like, Burkhead, yeah, here you Bur- go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and that and that's my thing. So when you get to December, January football, mm-hmm. it's windy, it's cold, the weather's not great. You're not going to be out there trying to throw the ball around 50 times a game. You're going to be playing physical in the trenches football. Yep. And these teams aren't built for that. That is why I call So they're – August, September, October superstars, preseason, regular season, they look amazing. We could score 45, 50 points on, in a track meet. That's not playoff football. You you don't see these 55, 51 shootouts in the playoffs. You uh, see. No, never. I mean, there was that one year what, when Jacksonville made it to the championship game and that mm-hmm. Steelers game. Yep. But the mm-hmm. Steelers, again, issues defensively, very leaky. Mm-hmm. Exactly. No kind of. The secondary is a. Was was bad. The defensive line was okay, but again, def- Jacksonville punched him in the mouth, saying, "All right, mm-hmm. Blake Bortles managed the game. Leonard Fournette, just do what you need to do." 
Exactly. As much as people want to redefine the game, change football at its core is still football. Right. It's a physical grown man in the trenches game. Mm-hmm. And if your team doesn't have that part of the game covered, nothing else you do is going to matter down the stretch of the season. All right, so let me so talking frauds, mm-hmm. talking NFL frauds, Vikings, of course. Vikings are fraud, yes or no? No. Vikings aren't frauds. No. Falcons. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Browns. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Chargers. Yes. Why are the Chargers frauds in your opinion? At this point, the Chargers. I just don't. I don't trust them to be able to get it done when it matters. Mm-hmm. I, they are a talented team. I like how that's – but it's just their defense has improved over the last couple years, mm-hmm. bringing in guys like Joey Bosa, Derwin James, yep. very talented players. But I don't know. Phillip Rivers is one of the most talented quarterbacks we've seen in the last 15, 20 years. Mm-hmm. And I, I just don't trust them. They're the one team I can't put my finger exactly on what it is about them. I just don't trust them. I still think Phillip Rivers is hands down the greatest fantasy football quarterback of all time. Well, some how, well, well, some will argue Matthew Stafford because he gets oh, yeah. you know yeah he'll get you points. <laughs> but but I I say all this because this isn't this isn't the fantasy football segment of right. the show. But what I'm saying is Phillip Rivers will put up numbers all regular season. Mm-hmm. He's somebody he's, his name is in that conversation of the best performing quarterback. All regular season, right? You get to the playoffs. Where's that same Philip Rivers magic? I mean, it happens every time they face the Patriots. Mm-hmm. And it's not, but it's also it's not just the Patriots. You've watched, the you've Steelers, watched over the years. Yeah. You've watched the, the Chargers yeah. over the years come out and kill it in a regular season. Thirteen oh, yeah. and three, 13 twelve and, and four, they multiple not, didn't times. They, didn't they have a fourteen and two season? Early on, I think that was in the Ladanian time. Yeah, I mean that was years ago, but still fourteen and two, and I believe that team didn't win a playoff game that year. Probably didn't. Fourteen and two. It, there was, it was a conversation I had with somebody, and I talked. To, I was comparing Philip Rivers to Donovan McNabb, and I said, "What would this fan base? What would you know? We're talking about fan bases again." Mm-hmm. But what would the Philly fan base do to Donovan McNabb if they ever went fourteen and two and not won a playoff game that season? They want him out the door. They mm. they they want one. They'd want to nail him to the door um, and then throw that door in the river. Unless McNabb put up thirty plus points and the defense, defense just gave it away. Right. That's I, the only way. Well, like was, you'd have, to, but you'd really have to put up not like twenty one or twenty four. You'd mm-hmm. be. In, 30, 31 plus, mm. where you an actual explosive con- offensive day, I'm not even and the convinced. defense gave it up. I, I'm not even no convinced there would be people in this fan base would be that objective. Like, I see what you're saying. Like, like, if, he, like the, if it was the, four, like it, 350 were, yards, yeah. three or four touchdowns, if, no if Mc, picks. Yeah, if McNabb the de- balled out and, and the, the defense, defense just gave it up, gave it up that's I the only still, way he gets off. I gets still off. think there'd be people in here that want that will want Donovan McNabb's behind. Oh, yeah. There absolutely would be some, but. As rabid as Philly fans could be, they are an intelligent fan base. They know when they're looking at a good product and a bad product. But but not but nonetheless, you know, it's like I think, like you you say to some people in this city, some people in this fan base, like okay, who would you rather have, Donovan McNabb or Philip Rivers? And there will be people like, oh my God, it's Philip Rivers, hands down. But then you talk about Philip Rivers 
and his yeah. you, you talk about Phillip Rivers and his postseason struggles and the Chargers postseason struggles and it's like Donovan in this city Donovan McNabb is, is pretty much defined by his postseason struggles you when you talk about Donovan McNabb and his legacy in this city what are people going to say lost for uh NFC championship games even mm-hmm. though the ones that he lost you could Put it partly on McNabb because there's always that defining yeah. play that mm-hmm. is there. But Rondé the same, Barber, right? But at the same token, vomiting. They didn't have vomiting. Yes, they, he didn't have weapons either. So with more of a credit to say, like, oh yeah, they well, never put good right. receiving and then core by the time they gave him weapons, look what look what happens. Mm-hmm. You get to the Super Bowl. Yeah, but but no, but, no, but nonetheless, it's like they're like. There there are people who think that's almost a, a, a silly argument, right? To say, like like ask somebody. Who would you rather have, McNabb or Phillip Rivers? And there will be people in this city who look at you like, are you crazy? Give me Phillip Rivers. And then you look at what Phillip Rivers has done in the postseason. Phillip Rivers' postseason accolades don't even come close to Donovan McNabb. Far less postseason success in, I believe, more years. It's like Phillip Rivers would have to be stellar for the rest of his career just to get to the point of failing like Donovan McNabb. Mm -hmm. He's not, you know, he's like if Donovan McNabb is a failure – in this city is a postseason failure, and there are a lot of people in this city who believe that he is. Philip Rivers isn't even that. Uh, you know? That's true. So, so you know, but which goes back to my point, which where we got started. The Chargers, frauds. you just can't frauds. trust them. Yeah, you just can't. No. It's it's not a and it's not a matter of talent with them. I don't. It, they're just one of those teams that, like, remember the like the Knicks in the mid nineties. Yeah. Like especially in those couple years where Jordan was retired and everybody's like, okay, this is their chance, this is their, this their chance, chance. Mm-hmm. Nah, and they still wasn't their chance. Mm-hmm. Just they're just one of those teams, like those Utah Jazz teams. Like oh, they should be able to get it done this year. Good they enough, to, good enough you to, can't get it done. Good enough to be in the conversation, not a, not good enough to be the conversation. Exactly. Like, and that's so. Give me another team. So we said Vikings. We oh no, so we didn't say Vikings. Sorry. We said Chargers. We said Browns. We said Falcons. Mm-hmm. Team that you think is a fraud so far this year. Mm-hmm. Fraud team. The fraudulent four. We got three of them. Well, if I must give a fourth. Okay. Yeah. I'm circle back to a team you named already. All right. Number four, we like our top three is a clear top three: mm-hmm. Falcons, Browns, Chargers. Okay. Number five, I mean number four, excuse me. Mm-hmm. They're a fraud for a different reason than the rest. Okay. Because I explained why most teams are generally, I believe, fraudulent. Mm-hmm. They're built from the outside in. Okay. The Minnesota Vikings have very good lines. Mm-hmm. They have a very solid defense. They have good weapons on the outside. They have a running back who is very, very talented when healthy, mm-hmm. and they have a quarterback who folds under pressure every time throughout his career. Yeah. You get, you give Kirk Cousins time, he'll pick you apart. Mm-hmm. You get after him, and most playoff teams are capable of getting yeah, after someone. Mm-hmm. He, Kirk Cousins has not shown the ability to excel when under duress. Mm-hmm. In, not in Washington, now not in Minnesota. It just doesn't happen with Kirk Cousins. So for that reason, you have a team that is, I believe, Super Bowl capable, right. if not for a quarterback who was likely to fold under pressure. Yep. So what is 
my question is, how do the Vikings fix fix this? Do they need? Is it time for them to time go? Time machine, yeah. right? Well, <laughs> Kirk yeah. Cousins' contract's fully got guaranteed. You yeah. just got to wait that out. Mm-hmm. So they're just done. They they've hitched their wagon to Kirk. It Cousins. was only three years. Mm-hmm. This so, is year number two, though. This is year number two. So better, you got one more year. Better draft somebody. But mm-hmm. you got one more year because it's fully guaranteed. You're not sure. cutting somebody thirty million dollars. No, you're just sitting well, there looking I'm, at I'm that just, dead money. At this point now, so they they got to go out and get somebody though. That's what Absolutely. Yeah. They they need to be doing their evaluations in the draft. Mm-hmm. Develop their own guy. Yep. They they can't go looking to if a, if a quarterback was really that good, a team's not letting him leave the building. Right. Teddy Bridgewater for example, mm-hmm. not letting him leave the building. Now, the Bridgewater situation was a little different simply right. because he was trying to recover from a devastating inju- injury yeah. or Drew Brees leaving leaving the Chargers, yeah, San Diego was, back was, then. Yeah, that's how I was thinking more. It was a de- I was thinking more Bridgewater with the Saints and the, okay. and the Saints like, no, no, no. Like, or like, yeah, like let you Drew Brees leaving the Chargers, Chargers. going yeah, to the Saints. He was right. coming off the shoulder in yep. surgery, yep. so you weren't sure what you were getting. Mm-hmm. And he also struggled in San Diego. Up until that final year when they drafted his replacement and the pressure was on him a little bit when they brought in Phillip Rivers. That's true. At which point they're already committed to another first-round quarterback. Mm-hmm. So things were set that, yeah, he's gone before that season. Right. But in normal cir- circumstances, you don't see high-level quarterbacks hit the open market. Mm-mm. No. So when you see this guy and you're like, oh, yeah, he's a free agent QB. There's mm, a reason. There's a reason. <laughs> Either you're old, and we have your replacement, Joe Montana, Peyton Manning, right? Which means you have a limited shelf life anyway. Brett Favre, mm-hmm. those guys, right? You're pushing forty. You only have a year or two left anyway, so we let you go. Mm-hmm. Or you're just eh, iffy. Yeah, you're, we don't know. You've shown some good things, so t- somebody out there is going to think, "Oh, I can coach him up. I can fix him." Coaches have egos, and they like to think things like that. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I could get. He got guys, got talent. Let me get my hands on him. I'll fix the, everything. Be the QB whisperer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, and and most most coaches worth their salt have that type of confidence in their abilities. Right. How many John? How many times have you hit me? Heard me sit here and say, "Give me three weeks." Ben Simmons, his jump shot be what? I used I used to be a basketball coach. Right. I was good at getting players to learn how to shoot. Mm-hmm. So in my mind, you give me you give me anybody in three weeks, I can I can turn them around. Right. That is not true. I'll admit it. It's I think it. I like it's a nice thought to right. have. It's not true. There are some guys who are just broken. Mm-hmm. And you said that about Michael Carter Williams. Yeah. yeah. He, have you ever seen him get a jump shot? No. He's broken. No. <laughs> and that's just the case with some guys in any sport. They're just you have limitations. Yeah. And Kirk Cousins seems to be limited when it comes to dealing with pressure. So. For that and that sake alone, quarterback only, the Vikings will be my number four fraudulent team. Okay. Yeah. Vikings frauds. Mm-hmm. All right. I think the team is built well, mm-hmm. but the quarterback, not the guy. All right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you agree? Let, let us know. Hit us up on Twitter, O underscore D underscore discourse. We still got a whole lot more to talk about. We're, oh, yeah. we're, we're only like halfway through the show. Oh, let's take a break. Get, come back. Get right back into it. Javon, you got to go anywhere? Nope. Oh, with us. Oh, let's do it. Oh, we ain't never letting this dude go. <laughs> oh, he's, he's here. He's, he's, he's in the crew now. He's, he's, this family now. Listen, see, n- n- now we've paid due respect to the king. Come back from the break. Let's talk about my first love. Oh, boy. Oh, really? Mm, we're going to talk about my first love when we come back after the break. Get into a little basketball. All right, let's do that. We'll be right back on Offense, Defense, and Discord. 
you feel in this podcast? To hear this and more, go to soundcloud.com slash B-I-T-W sports or on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and search Best in the World Sports. Rampage, the first lieutenant of the Universal Flipmode Squad. Paid off like the assassin, now I'm blasting, I'm taking over. Stick you for your blue range rover. I told you, Rampage, your real life soldier. Been in the game since the age of 13. James Lewis. Dwelling south of the Hudson, New Jerusalem in seclusion. Uh, Using fake pseudonyms, yeah. I'm true. Bad, my travels like a schizo with two tabs with do-rags hanging from my pocket. Huh. What, boy? You are listening to the Lance J Radio Network. When you need to be caught up on all that's going on in the sports world, tune into the Best in the World Sports Report with all-knowing John Brown each and every Saturday morning, starting at 8 a.m. here on the Philly Go Flow at phillygoflow.com. 180 over 111, and I had a stroke. I couldn't speak or walk. This is high blood pressure. Get back on your plan. Go to loweryourhbp.org. Brought to you by the American Stroke Association, American Medical Association, and the Ad Council. Not completing high school is more of a social thing than it was an academic thing. Even though all these years have passed, I still had that longing to have my diploma. At age 30, Carissa finished her high school diploma. If you're even considering getting your high school diploma, you can do it. No one gets a diploma alone. If you're thinking of finishing your high school diploma, you have help. Find free adult education classes near you at finishyourdiploma.org. That's finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by the Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council. The following is a production of the Lance J Radio Network and Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. The opinions and views expressed are certainly those of the host and do not represent the views of Lance J Radio Network or NBC Sports Radio. All right, everybody, we're back. And it's that time of year. Football. Talk about football. Oh, yeah. Baseball playoffs. Yeah. Basketball getting geared up again. Mm-hmm. Now, Javon, last week, JB and I were talking, and we came to the conclusion that of the majors, NBA has the most exciting preseason. Nobody plays in the NFL in preseason anymore. Baseball, you got 50-man rosters with a bunch of minor leaguers who shouldn't really be up there playing. NBA, you've got 15-man rosters. You know these guys are the best of the best. They're the pros. If you even make it to the 15 or 17, you have a lot of talent. Right. And the lack of defense actually opens up the, high, the amount of highlight plays you get. Mm-hmm. You've got guys like the number one overall pick this week, Zion Williamson. He put up a pure highlight show against the Chicago Bulls on Wednesday night. I mean, 360 dunks, windmills, 12 or 13 from the field, 29 points. The kid looked like an animal. If it weren't the preseason, I'd say he every bit exceeded the height. But I know it's the preseason and the vets aren't don't go that hard. They're not playing defense. Mm-hmm. But it's still fun to watch. Right. It's it's something that will draw you into the game. It gives mm-hmm. you something to look forward to for the next several months. Like, oh, this kid can do this. Right. You can't turn your head when they have the balls. 
Next thing you know, Lonzo or Drew Holiday is throwing that oop up top to him coming baseline, throwing it down on somebody's head. You had Ben Simmons shot a three and made it. With ease. With ease. That thing, he actually looked really comfortable shooting Mm -hmm. that shot, and it went down nothing but the bottom of the net. If he don't, if, all right, this is my first question of basketball for you guys. If Ben Simmons is comfortable shooting the outside shot this year, where would you rank him in terms of NBA players? Top five, top ten? Is he an MVP candidate? I think, uh, well, I will put it to, to you like this because I, I I understand you can't answer a question with a question. <laughs> but my but in order to give you a better answer, my question would be where did you have Ben Simmons before he and we don't know if he's actually developed a jump. We just know he he hit one. Oh, these are in hypothetical. The game. Yeah, if. yeah. Where did you have him before? Where was he in his first three seasons in the league? Probably, two, what, probably no, a year top two, twenty player. Yeah, top twenty. A lot of, a lot of things happen between fifteen and twenty. So. Yeah, fifteen and twenty. Okay, so I, honestly, I could see him being top ten. Then move if he can, if he can be, uh, uh, have a consistent shot, a shot good enough that you have to respect. Call it 33 percent from three. Okay, take that. N- not not yeah. pure. Not pure by any stretch. Not pure, but, but you can make it. You can, yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. because I think I feel like like there's no gray area with Ben Simmons. People want him. Like people are people know he's awful now at shooting. You know he, he's he's an awful shooter, and I don't even know if he's an awful shooter. He just doesn't shoot. And that's, I was about to say that, because yeah. anytime you see clips of him shooting, his shot actually looks pretty good. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't call him an awful shooter by any stretch. But I think, peop- I think people think, I, and and I understand this is pure assumption, but it's the fact that he never seems to want to shoot it in mm-hmm. games, that he must, he must think his own shot is awful. Not and necessarily. I, Not necessarily. Did, Not necessarily. He thinks okay. he probably thinks he's more of a facilitator for what his right. team needs him to be. Here, ben Simmons, for all of his gifts, mm-hmm. did not actually play a true full-time point guard prior to getting into the NBA. Correct. Okay. Now, nowhere near the same level, but I I can very easily recall going from my junior year in high school basketball to my senior year in high school basketball. Mm-hmm. Junior year. Actually, my whole life prior to my senior year of high school of basketball in high school, mm. I played two guard. I was a shooter, catch and shoot, let the ball go. I got moved to point, and my 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 responsibilities become more creating for other people, facilitating the offense, mm-hmm. things like that. My coach actually ended up benching me for a game and a half that year. Like mm. you're not shooting the ball enough, shoot the ball. I could I have other people that can go do that, shoot the ball. Mm-hmm. And it, a lot of it wasn't because I was scared to shoot. It wasn't because I couldn't shoot. Mm-hmm. Shooting was my best skill to that point in my life. Okay. It, the change of position mm-hmm. and the change of responsibility, having to think, create first, best play first, not just get the ball, go. I'm not Kyrie. I'm not just thinking, get the ball, go for me. I'm actually thinking, try to facilitate this. that change of mindset will 
easily take away your aggressiveness specifically on the jump shot Mm -hmm. because you think I can get this shot whenever I want. Let me look for other stuff. Mm -hmm. The jump shot is always there. So for a guy who's new to the position, learning how and when to find that shot and rhythm Mm -hmm. and then becoming comfortable and confident taking it, that's a process. Mm -hmm. And he's trying to find this comfort level in the NBA. Mm-hmm. I was doing it against high school defense. These guys, are, those guys were, he's doing it against the best of the best in the world. And so I don't necessarily think that means he can't shoot. I, what I do absolutely think it means is he's worried about what people are thinking about his shot. And, oh, I don't want to take this shot and miss. Or I don't, he's worried about that part perception mm-hmm. more, th- more so than his actual ability to shoot the ball. When you see him like in warm-ups just standing around shooting, watch, watch the percentage he shoots. I remember hearing J.J. Reddick say himself, Ben Simmons in shoot-arounds shoots a high enough clip that there's no reason it shouldn't translate to an NBA game. If J.J. Reddick says that, the guy can shoot. Mm-hmm. It's, it's about co- comfort at that point. Mm-hmm. And that is something I think will come. Because he does have the, he has the ability to shoot the ball. Mm. He has great touch. He has great vision. He can see over almost anyone who's going to be guarding him. Like think about Kevin Durant's jump shot. One thing about because he's so long and tall, nobody ever bothers it. Mm-hmm. If guys like Giannis and Ben Simmons can master that skill, that the NBA won't be able to do anything with either one of those two guys. Mm-hmm. Giannis is proven a little more willing to shoot it, mm-hmm. but it needs work. Yeah. So you saw the shot. Now, I. it's funny because I right, bef- right before he took that shot, mm-hmm. me being the loud mouth that I am, I get, on, I get on social media and I say, you know what? Ben's not going to take a shot this game. And I'll tell you why. And it's not a knock on, and it wasn't a knock on Ben's ability or his willingness to shoot or how hard he worked. But uh, this team that they were playing looked awfully sweet in the middle. I mean, and, and Ben, and, 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 and I mean, it is what it is. Like it's the first preseason game; they're playing some team, team, from, team China. from China, the Sharks. Yeah, the thing, the thing about it was, like I said, they're sweet in the middle. Ben's getting to the bucket. At will, mm-hmm. it seemed like everybody was getting. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but but I guess the point, the thing was that was what was working for Ben, right. and it wasn't about like to me, it was like okay, it's not that, like he doesn't need to force a jumper, and right. and and to your and to your uh, to your credit, it's like he didn't he didn't necessarily force that shot, right? You know, it, it was in the flow of the game, mm-hmm. it was a good look, and and that was cool. But mm-hmm. the thing about it was they were playing off of him so much, right? And he was able to just put the ball on the floor and get to the bucket. I'm like, you know what? He's just today's just not going to be the day, right? You know, and and so when he took the shot, I'm shocked. You know, I'm like it, super, it, happily shocked, and I'm one of them people. And it looked like I think maybe if I can read a little bit into what he was, you know. Like his, uh, you know, just just how he carried himself, you know, his body language. Right. And I think it was a little, you know, all, the celebration probably was a little bit much for him. He's like, right. all right, you yeah, because that's just not his personality. Yeah, that's just, just his person, like, I'm, like, I'm like, just, doing, I'm, just yeah, doing my thing. Yeah, I'm just doing my, you know, it's not a big deal. Right. But but to me, I, you know, I'm shocked because I'm sitting there like he's getting to the basket of will. It's just not today's just not going to be the day for that. Right. Because I think part of the reason why 
Ben has, you know, hasn't necessarily pressed himself before now to develop this jumper was because all the other aspects of his game work so well. Right. So when I'm sitting here watching him get to the bucket at will, them not be able to stop it. He's getting to the bucket. He's finding open men. It's like, okay, you know what? He today just ain't the day. You know, maybe if he plays another team down the line that plays a little bit stronger defense, that can, you know that might put him in a situation where he has to now think about shooting his jumper. It's gonna come. Mm-hmm. Like so, I'm just I'm watching the game and I'm just like, you know, he's not gonna shoot a jumper today. No reason to force a jump. Yeah, no, yeah, exactly. I mean, I, if, if the right basketball play. Is the, you, if you can get a layup fairly easily, it's usually the right basketball play to take that exactly. layup. And you and you watch the game, and 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 I I I understand because I think some of the the adulation and the excitement in Philly is a little tongue in cheek because in the end they're they're playing the they're playing a team I. I now, you know, you and I, we talk about these names all the time. I want to try and get it right at least once before I give up on it. I'm not even going to try this team. You know, I, I want to call them Gonzaga or, or, or whatever, whatever they are. But but nonetheless, this team, you know, it they, they won by 60 points for a reason. Mm-hmm. So it's not like I'm, I'm sitting there expecting some d- defensive juggernaut. The NBA Finals. This was not. Yeah, this was. Yeah, this, this was an exhibition game, and you know, the jumper was nice. It looked good, you know. It, it was cool, but to me, had he not shot a jumper in this game, this was not going to be the game I got upset about. No, it was just like hey, I wish he did, but he didn't. Okay, whatever. When's the next game? All right. But you know, like my my question to you guys were, you know, you had, or I should say, the question you asked me was, where would you put him? Where would I put him? I'd move. I'm top ten because I feel like. Something that you and I, Mike, have de- have debated was what constitutes evolution. Mm-hmm. And to me, you know, we we've differed on what we consider evolution from Ben Year One to Ben Year Two. Mm-hmm. We're talking Ben in the Year Three, and now with hypothetically a jumper. That's you know that's true evolution. That's well, that's that's Mike evolution. <laughs> I'll, I'll put it that way. Well, you know, I, well, and that's just one of those things. That's, where undi- I, that's undeniable, undeniable, right? Right? undeniable, Cause, undisputable. Because you know, I'm I'm just one where I I I sit. Not that I didn't see him getting better, but if I see him getting better at the same things he was already good mm-hmm. at, it's not necessarily evolution. It's progress. He's mm-hmm. gotten better, mm-hmm. but to really see his game evolve, I want to see him start adding the new dimensions, the new elements. Well, I think it's well, what I've also said as in regards to the Sixers was this was really the first off season where both Ben and Joe go into the season go into the summer with some heat on them. They I also go into a, a full off season healthy, fully healthy fully healthy and essentially knowing what your roster this is the first time the Sixers have come to get it, since the quote unquote process began that they start the season with what should be their final roster mm-hmm. and everyone's healthy. Mm-hmm. I think a year, two years ago, two summers ago, after that first playoff run, you were a little bit disappointed by how it ended, but you're happy that you that the team seems to be turning a corner. Mm-hmm. This summer, after a second second round defeat, I still think I saw progress from the team though. Oh, okay. Se- no, no, oh no, 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 second of yeah. second round losses. Yeah. 
this but, one in Game but, Seven to but, the eventual champs. But nonetheless, now you're in a now you're in a position where it's expected. Yes. Now you're in a position where you can't come back and lose in the sec- second. Second round is the baseline. Yeah. You need to be looking for conference finals, NBA yeah, finals. Yes. Agreed. Agreed. But I think there are a lot of people. You know, that first summer, I don't. I don't think there were necessarily people. We were happy that we were happy to make the play to be there. Now there are people. There was a little bit of blame. There was a little bit of the blame game going into this off season, which, I, th- you, which I think was a little premature considering the age of the stars maybe, of your team. Maybe, maybe not, but nonetheless, it was there. But it was there. It was absolutely it was there. there. And I think honestly, but you're now looking at how the team responded. Mm-hmm. Now you come out, Joel Embiid's twenty pounds lighter, and he looks like. He looks you know, like he's ready to play. He looks he's like, in shape. He looks like he's in shape. He's taking it seriously. Ben Simmons, and it's like he didn't feed into the. He didn't feed into the all. The, you know, he he wasn't walking around with his hands all up because he just hit a three at the end of the halftime of he, the first preseason game. He was right back the in the game. Yeah, he turned. What, what did he want to do? He wanted to turn. He knew there were two seconds left in, in the quarter. Mm-hmm. He wanted he's to turn around back. and get back on defense. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's like Ben's locked in. If you're a Philly fan, you're you know. It's like you're happy about the three, but you're happy about everything that's you know, everything that surrounded that, everything that went into that play. You're happy he took it. You're happy he looked good, and you're happy you know it. It's not a big deal. So let me ask you a question, non-Sixers question for a second. Okay. Outside of Ben Simmons' development and evolution, outside of Joel B- Embiid being in shape and out Horford and all the things that are going on with the Sixers, mm-hmm. going around to the rest of the NBA. Javon, let me ask you first. What are you most excited about going into the rest of this NBA, the, into this NBA season? I would probably say all of the young talent in the league and a lot of the like teams who we think could, who could make that jump into the playoffs per se. I think like a team like the Chicago Bulls, who I think you know, I think they have a right mixture of veterans and young talent that I think they could make a playoff push because we just know how mm-hmm. up and down the east is well more so the and, bottom and i was just thinking the same there there could be some open spaces right, in the definitely. last three two three seeds definitely. in the east those six seven eight spots right could so, be wide open for right. anyone to so i like them um atlanta i think i'm really excited to see what lloyd pierce does because we know when it's time with the sixers he was a defensive guy and mm-hmm. you know in the nba defense you De- know defense wins you still need yeah. de- you need defense and it's a mentality like either you do it or you don't do it exactly and he has like oh now he have a young team where he can sit and just mold those guys and continue you know to make them grow i want to see them i want to you know see what the kings do after they you know they didn't look like the old kings anymore it was just like they were actually playing some. They were playing basketball, basketball. yeah. Right. De'Aaron Fox is like really good. People that really wasn't talking about him. He's, like, he's De'Aaron uh, Fox is really talented. Mm-hmm. I will never trust a John Calipari point guard to actually understand pace. Right. And him and John Wall do not understand pace at all. It's just up it, down, up down, up down, up down, up mm-hmm. down, up down. But it's not just any. Think about any John Calipari point guard. Mm. He doesn't know how to coach point guards. That's true. Derrick Rose. As yeah. talented as he was, up was down, full down, speed attack down. mode all the time. Yep. So, point guard is the one position out of Calipari's players. I like, tend to have yeah. questions. Like they're usually very talented, very athletic. Mm-hmm. Usually a better, in my opinion, if they're six four, they're usually a better two guard than they are a point. Agreed. But they tend to be in attack mode all the time. Always. And that just doesn't necessarily work as a point guard. Mm-hmm. But. 
That being said, De'Aaron Fox is still an exciting player oh, to watch. yeah, definitely. He's very fun. Then previously mentioned Zion Williamson going mm-hmm. in New Orleans. New Orleans is a team I think might actually be fun to watch this yeah. year. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think New Orleans is going to be fun. I even think, even though I think a lot of people are not going to really pay attention to them, I think Memphis is going to be. With John ja Morant. With Morant and Jaron Jackson Jr., mm-hmm. who's really, really good. Very talented player. Absolutely, yeah. I think, they tend to fly under the radar in Memphis, you know, being yeah. in that market. But they have some talent. I think, honestly, the West is just going to – the West in general is going to be fun to watch this year because you got so many different – Storyline. It's gonna be a bloodbath. It's gonna be a blood- whoever whoever comes out is gonna be beat up by the time to get to the finals. Think, but I but I think that who who is it gonna be? You know because remember I said this. Mm-hmm. Feel free to hold me to this. Okay. <laughs> Excluding a major trade, mm-hmm. it won't be the Lakers. Okay, I agree. Okay, won't be the Lakers. I agree. I will say this: I watched that late. I watched that Lakers first preseason game the other day, and something I was interested in seeing because I, I, the the first thing you see is just how big that team is. Yeah. And but I want to I want to watch Lakers Sixers because I want to see how that size on size. I think that's going to be a good game. That I'm not calling that a finals preview or anything like that. But I think it's going to be a good – I want to see that type of dynamic because you're sitting there, you're watching the Lakers, and at some point in time they're going to put the ball in LeBron's hands and let him bring the ball up court. Mm-hmm. And now you're, you know, you're just looking at a, you know, just a huge team. And for me, I have always been a fan of those, you know, that big team, the big man on big man, those big teams from back in the day. You know, my favorite – you know, one of my favorite non-sixers – uh, probably Patrick Patrick Ewing, Lonzo Mourning. I love those big dudes. Knicks Patrick Ewing. Right? Knicks Patrick. No, no, yeah. Not like not, not, Orlando Magic mm-hmm. Supersonics. Come on, dude. <laughs> come, come, come on. That never happened. That that that, that didn't even happen. Patrick you know Ewing else, never played for the. Uh, for you know the, what else didn't happen? Boy. He didn't make a layup at the end of the game against the Pacers. Ooh. That didn't happen either. See, first of all, you about to get thrown out. I'm gonna say, you know what? <laughs> and there goes Mike Jones's Mike. <laughs> Mike. Mike Jones is Michaelis for the rest of this segment because this man wants to just come out here and just hurl out insults and, hurt, and just say hurtful things. But, and, but I do agree with Mike in that, you know, I don't see the Lakers, you no. know, going. And, I, and, it, and it's, it is not even because they have AD and, L and LeBron. They're going to do their thing, you know. Kuzma, mm-hmm. we'll see if he can take mm-hmm. that next leap. Kuzma still has to play defense, number one. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. But also the Lakers, they have questionable depth. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. they really don't. You mean, who else are you going to depend on outside of those three? Mm-hmm. I think the question marks on McGee. Yeah. Question marks on Dwight Howard. You know, question. Danny you know, Green. Danny Green. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I I think as far I think it would be a good matchup, but I I agree with you. I'm, I think there will always be people who want to hand the Lakers everything, no matter what. I mean, that's just the story. They've been, they've been doing it since yeah. LeBron got there, really. Like. And they've mm-hmm. been doing it since but, Magic. Yeah, but, yeah, but, but, you know, there's always going to be somebody who believes that, you right. know what? It's the Lakers as long year. As, yeah, they're going to do it. Yeah, mm-hmm. As long as the Lakers play basketball, there's a chance that the Lakers are going to win. Meanwhile, Business-wise, it'll be sitting, great for the league. Right. Yeah. Meanwhile, the Clippers are sitting here just like, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. we're waiting. That's the team. Yeah. Yeah. Now, JB, you've heard me say this. Mm-hmm. Javon, I'm going to say this to you. I have never seen – in the NBA, mm-hmm. two wing players as talented on both ends of the court and capable of playing good basketball 
like paired together. Only other time I saw it was Jordan and Pippen. Yeah. Like defensively, offensively, what mm-hmm. both these guys are capable of doing. I have not seen wing players paired together like that since Jordan and Pippen. Yeah. And it dominated the league. As much as people like to think big men, they're great to have. You need them, block shots, rebounds, things like that. But if you can control the perimeter of an NBA game, you will control the game. Yep. Period. Yep. This team has a chance on both ends or on the perimeter to be completely dominant. Completely dominant. Agreed. They both, okay, they're two of the top five perimeter wing defenders in the league. Possibly the top two. Yeah. It's arguable, but they're up there. Right. Definitely top five wing defenders. Mm. Both top five wing offensive players. Yeah. I don't, who, I don't know anybody that has anything to match up with that. So you're you're just hand you're handing the West to the Clippers. That's what you're saying, right? As is, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say so. Mm-hmm. As is, yes. Okay. Are you in a position now to give your top four in the West? Oh lord. <laughs> if you're not, you're not because we, you know, top, we, top four in the West. Gonna, yeah. Clippers are at the top. Okay. Right. Number two. Number two. I'm looking at you as, right now. I want to see going with this. As currently constructed uh-huh. in the West, uh-huh. number two, I'm going to go L.A. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. The, yeah, the Lakers. The top that, two yeah. teams in the West. Top at, two teams in the West. Right now, okay. as currently constructed, okay. Clippers one, Lakers two. Mm-hmm. You don't That's, see them winning the uh, West, but you mm-hmm. see them being the second. At, at, right now. Okay. As constructed. Okay. I agree with that, that. And that there's a qualifier to that. All right. Because should Clay Thompson come back and be Clay Thompson, mm-hmm. Golden State can jump that list okay. quickly. I agree. Okay. Without, oh, so let me put let me put it to you this, like this then. Without Clay Thompson, where are the Golden State Warriors? They're still a playoff team, they're, right? Yeah, they're still a playoff team. Top five. They're somewhere in that four to seven range, I yeah. think. Okay, middle That's of the pack, mm-hmm. middle to the bottom. Because mid to bottom, but. Yeah, but in the West, that's still usually a fifty-one team. Yeah, that is true. Okay. So, and then, so Clippers, Lakers, Clippers, Lakers, Portland, Denver, Portland, Denver, yeah, Portland. I was, I was, okay. I was Clippers, okay. Lakers, Denver, Denver Portland. Portland. Right now. Okay. And if. Clay Thompson comes back, move the Clippers, they move, can, the, move the Warriors to number two, and everyone else moves down. Yeah. Okay. If Clay Thompson comes back okay. and is Clay Thompson. I, I Look, I'm, I'm glad you did that. I'm going to be honest with you. I, I, I don't have my top four yet. I'm, I'm still, I'm still thinking. I'm still calculating my answer. We'll have a, we'll have it a full. Oh, I did that NBA off the top preview. of my head. Okay. So you're saying when we finally do our NBA preview show, your it top should four still can, be that. Okay. You know, I don't change very often. No, no, you don't. No, you don't. <laughs> don't have to. I'm right. Well, you keep telling me. <laughs> that's that's what you like to tell yourself. I tend to think otherwise, but you know that's that's an art. We got company. That's here what today. makes it fun. We got company here. Today. I'm not going. I'm, I'm not going. You know, air our family laundry out in front of. Company. Uh, he's no longer a guest. Oh, all right. mm-hmm. well then, fine. Then. You're wrong. Like, <laughs> most times. I'm the one who's usually right, but that's, you know, it, it is what it is. You know all of this is recorded, right? I do know all this is recorded. <laughs> look, I've told, look I, I don't run from my wrong. 
All right. If I'm wrong, you can call me on it. Well, you know what, Javon, you can call me on it. You better not say anything. Like that. <laughs> you know, you, you know, I've been on the air at least twice and admitted to being wrong. I've done it at least twice. I've done this show for like two years. It feels like at least almost two years now. Mm-hmm, about that. Yeah. And I've had to admit to being wrong twice. Twice. It's better than zero. <laughs> not much better than zero, <laughs> seeing the fact that he's probably been wrong about 17,000. No, I don't, I don't know. But but nonetheless, NBA preseason, you 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 are enjoying the game. Oh, so. absolutely. What's the next game you enjoy, you're going to see? Well, I'm probably going to keep my eye on all the Sixers preseason games mm-hmm. simply because I am quite curious about a couple things with that team. Okay. One, how they're going to work the offensive spacing. Because they do have a huge athletic, should be dominant on the defensive end type of team. But offensively, especially with the loss of J.J. Redick, you don't have anyone, especially in the starting lineup, that you would consider to be a pure shooter. So offensive spacing for that team was something that's interesting to me. And I also want to see Matisse Thibel. He's a kid who I'm high on, maybe higher than most, higher than I should be. This is one where I have potential to be wrong, but I think that kid's going to be really good. In my mind, he is a potential Jimmy Butler-type player. Actually comes into the league with a higher pedigree than Butler came into. Similar size and athleticism, defensive-minded, probably a better natural defender than Butler was. And he's a capable shooter. The stroke needs a little work, but it's not broken by any stretch. He's a capable shooter. So... I'm looking forward to his development over the course of the year as well. So I will definitely be keeping my eyes on the Sixers in the preseason. Then there are a few young teams, like Javon was saying earlier, that I want to see. I want to see the Pelicans get out there and run. I think Lonzo to Zion could be lots of fun this year. I want to see John Morant's development. I want to see what's go the young talent out in Phoenix, what they do if they take another step this year. Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton and those guys. So there are going to be a lot of fun stories for me this this year, and not just at the top battling for the championship, but the young kids developing, battling to be the future of the league as well. The NBA is in a good place, except for China. Yeah. Yeah. You just have this look on your face like, you know what, I, I had to say it, but I – it's, it's it's a water you don't want to dip your, fi- your foot in this week, do you? Not not this week. Not, uh, not yeah. Not, if you want, you all want to feel free, but I'm gonna sit out that one. Um, to quote uh, Ronaldo Ray in the movie Friday, no, <laughs> I'm good. Or, I, I am I'm good on that. A lot of people pontificating. You, you can find somebody speaking on that in mm-hmm. many different places. Oh, you yeah. know? And, and that's not to say that. At some point in time, I, I I would have an opinion worth sharing on the matter, but sometimes you know what, every issue ain't for you. Exactly. Oh, and, I I have opinions, but yeah, th- this ain't the week for it. I'm I am not a politician, nor an ambassador or diplomat or anything like that. I'm just there a, are people I'm that just get a brother paid. Likes good. to give out smoke. That's well, all. some of our politicians don't act like politicians. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> <laughs> This ain't that show, man. I mean, that's true. But I, my point was, I'm not one of the people that they give a salary to to deal with that these is issues. True, so true, true, true. We are not in ba- <laughs> we are not ambassadors. 
So it that is what it is, but it I think we're getting close to running out of time, yeah, aren't man, we? It's time to get on out of here, dude. Yeah. Divine offer, we gotta get him back on the, we gotta get him back on the show. Absolutely. So this is this is the deal. If you listen to the show next week and Javon is here, it means we didn't let him leave. I I will say this on air right now. Javon, you have the open invitation to sit in that chair any and every week you want to. I appreciate that. So that just means if you listen to the show next week and Javon's not on the show, that <laughs> means he said, hey, man, you know what you can do with that chair. Screw you guys. <laughs> Screw I'm you going guys. home. I'm going home. <laughs> Real quick, tell everybody what's going on, what you got going on on TotalSportsLive.com. Uh, good question. I don't know. Just whatever comes on mind, pretty much. So. Total Sports Live is, is, is the site. All right. First of all, that's where I go to get my information. Usually because the people that give the information and put out the stories are people I know and people I'm cool with. So you're going to get your NFL information. You're going to get your NBA. You're going to get your baseball. You're going to get all your sports with the twist. Not, you know, just not the, the, the regular talking heads. You're going to get good content, good information. Go to totalsportslive.com. Follow them on Facebook and Twitter. Appreciate the plug. Always, brother. Always. All right, look, man, let's get out of here. Time to go. Gotta go, gotta go. All right, once again, you can talk to us on Twitter. That's it. That's all. (laughs) Uh, We'll be on Facebook sooner or later. No, we won't. We will. I was I was actually looking at this yesterday. Like, yeah, if I have to break down and get that get Facebook rolling again, I've been fighting it, but it it has to be done. are, Are you sure? Don't give me room to back out of this. If okay. I say it's going to be done. All right. Well, look, I'm you, you, just saying. You give me room to change my mind. I might. <laughs> All right. Well, for for now, hit us up on Twitter, and that's it. O <laughs> underscore D underscore discourse. Let us know what you think of this show. Remember, you can download the podcast all over the place. Google, uh, SoundCloud, and iTunes. Apple Podcasts. Apple, Apple Podcasts. I, I still say iTunes. Sorry. iTunes is dead. I, I know. Rest in peace to iTunes. But I still say it. All right, y'all. We got to get out of here, though. It's been fun. We'll do it again next week. Looking forward to it. Yep. Hopefully, we'll know a little bit more about the Cowboys, mm-hmm. whether or not they're for real. Oh, let me tell you something. If the Cowboys lose to the New York Jets, the first 25 minutes of next week's show will be me doling out Keeping amount of smoke to all of Cowboys Look, Nation. If if the Cowboys lose to the Jets, yes. I'm not showing up until segment two of next week. You can have segment one have to, segment to rant one. all you want. Oh yeah, there's gonna be there's there's gonna be some rain, lots of rain. But until then, we gotta go, y'all. We out, y'all. Have a great weekend. Peace. Peace. You feeling this podcast? To hear this and more, go to soundcloud.com slash B-I-T-W sports or on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and search Best in the World Sports. The proceeding was a production of the Lance J Radio Network and Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. The opinions and views expressed are strictly those of the host and do not represent the views of Lance J Radio Network or NBC Sports Radio.